Hey everybody, how we all doing? I'm Michael. I'm joined by Alex as always. How's it going? And we're here with another episode of Falling Through Plot Holes, a podcast about video game plot lines and how they have a tendency to go off the rails. And we're here with part two of our, our series on modern Sonic, covering Sonic the Hedgehog from about 1998 to 2006. When we last left off, we had covered Sega's, I, I would say, successful attempt of modernizing Sonic, making him kind of older and edgier and whatnot, and covered the first two games, both on the Dreamcast, uh, Sonic Adventure, in 1999 and sonic adventure 2 released in i believe 2001 games that definitely have flaws in them but and whose stories are kind of a little weird but for the most part you know pretty decent games pretty decent stories all told wouldn't you agree alex yeah i would say so yeah yeah today we're about to see what happens when they uh they go a little bit too serious with that when he when he start pushing really really hard in the wrong direction i'd say because Sega is going to take some lessons from this, and three games we're going to cover today. First, they're going to pull back a little bit from that, and then they're going to go really hard in the other direction. Yeah, sort of a recurring pattern of Sonic's life is Sega taking the wrong lessons from both mm -hmm. their successes and their failures. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much, and and doubling down on some of the weirdest elements possible too. Yeah. Like, if you're a big Shadow of the Hedgehog fan, good news, we're going to be talking about some Shadow of the Hedgehog, about <laughs> oh, how cool boy. he is. Oh, boy. How he's just the coolest person ever. In fact, honestly, the next, well, let's say two and a half games is going to be basically like a big old Shadow of the Hedgehog bestie. So look forward to all that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, before we get into this, Alex, uh, how you feeling? How has your opinion of Sonic changed at all in the past week? My opinion of Sonic has not changed in the last 10 years. I'm very excited to talk about this. It's so stupid. Oh, you uh, you excited to talk about uh, Sega's best attempt to kill the Sonic franchise off for good? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Sonic Boom exists, and that was a pretty hearty attempt. I mean, the game definitely was. The TV show, from what I understand, was actually very successful. That's true. And... Um, and apparently pretty fun to watch. I, I never did watch it, but... I haven't watched, like, entire episodes of it. I've seen clips. Um, I see the appeal. It's a little too self-aware for my taste in Sonic. Yeah, it, it definitely has one of those, hey, we're going to wink to the parents yeah. every five seconds sort of vibe to it. Yeah, and I, I, can, I can jive with that in a lot of cases. But when it comes to Sonic, I'm like, eh... Yeah. It's, it's like Sonic and Looney Tunes are like that. I'm like, you, you really shouldn't. I don't know. And the Muppets. Sonic, mm. Looney Tunes, and the Muppets are like the three franchises where new writer, new TV writers have tried to be, oh, let's make it like funny and self-referential and meta. And I'm like, eh. Let's point out all the bad things about it. Yes. Yeah. It, Sonic Boom to me is like, an illumination movie put on tv yeah like it's just yeah that's constant references to like weird pop culture and whatnot from what little clips i can see and it's like yeah no it's it's not for me but i, I could see why it would appeal to people right but yeah today we're going to not be talking about sonic boom correct but we are going to be talking about three games sonic heroes shadow the hedgehog which oh boy <laughs> oh boy 
And Sonic the Hedgehog, often referred to as Sonic 2006, a game so reviled that even Sega refused to more or less acknowledge it anymore. Pretty much. Uh, Mike and I were actually talking about this just before the podcast, that uh, Sonic 06, the triumphant reboot return of Sonic the Hedgehog, has since been delisted from pretty much everywhere you could have ever gotten it and is no longer available for purchase in any manner. Yep, pretty much. And it's also not on like any backwards compatibility list or anything like that. Yep. Like we looked at like the Xbox backwards compatibility list just to Yep. Just cuz I could have swore it was on there, but nope, every other Sonic game is Every other not Sonic that game. It, the only absences are 06 I suppose Shadow the Hedgehog and Sonic R. Mhm. Even Sonic the Fighters is on there. Yep. The really weird Sonic game that was made in the Virtual Fighter engine. Yeah. I guess Sonic Heroes might not be on that list. So every game we're going to talk about today may or may not be on this list. Which could tell you that it's a very, very dark period of Sonic's history. And not just because Shadow the Hedgehog's involved. (laughs) But before we actually jump into this, Alex, have you played any Sonic Heroes at all? I have. So at the time it came out, I rented it from Blockbuster uh, along with another game that I don't remember what it was. Um, and I put about half an hour into Sonic Heroes and the rest of that weekend into the other game. Um, mm. I have since gone back to it within the last year or two to try and give it more of a really? fair shot. Yeah, because I was like, I I didn't spend enough time with it for it to leave an actual impression in my mind. Like, I just ah. sort of remembered getting bored, but I wasn't sure if that's because the other game was more interesting. Or what, yeah. So, so I wanted to actually, like get a proper impression of it so i went back to it all right what what did you think sonic heroes greatest game ever right it is one of the most fascinating games in the sonic franchise i think it is simultaneously maybe the most certain one of the most interestingly designed games in 3d sonic and the least properly executed Interesting, interesting. So why do you think it's like um, so interestingly designed? If, if I'm, so, I'm, I'm fascinated by this. Okay, so coming off of Sonic Adventure 1 and 2, they obviously had a lot of things to look at, primarily with regard to gameplay, because sort of a recurring chorus of both games was playing as Sonic and going through Sonic's levels and running really fast and doing cool loops and swooshy things while the camera goes crazy is really mm-hmm. fun. And we like doing that. Um, it's a little on railsy, as in you. There's a lot of segments where you're not really controlling anything. You're just sort of moving forward while the game guides you through set pieces. Mm, yes, the Sonic the Hedgehog experience. Right. Yeah, and so you know, having more control and having more platforming and more having to actually steer yourself through these areas might be more fun. And then simultaneously, every time you're not playing as Sonic, the game gets far, far worse. Yep. Yep. Like, so, and you see this a lot in 3D Sonic games where the team appears to not have confidence that playing as Sonic, doing Sonic things is enough. And so they are desperate to add other gameplay scenarios in there. Yeah, like Sonic Adventure 2 is like lousy with that, yeah. where they just 
literally Sonic and Shadow are just a third of the game. Yeah, if if that. So the Heroes is interesting to me because it feels like they took both of those criticisms to heart. Mm-hmm. Um and so what you what you have is a game that has basically a single gameplay loop, which is you have a team of 3 characters and you run through linear levels generally, you know, trying to move fast. But you can switch between them on the fly to sort of introduce different gameplay elements into the traversal mm-hmm. um, and into the combat. Uh, but the the way that those elements work is, you know, you have four teams with four separate storylines, but all the teams sort of had that same dynamic. So it's all very much designed around this one gameplay loop that has mm. its own self-contained variety that you sort of switch between. Yeah. And so I really like that. And then the game feels like it was made in eight months. <laughs> yeah. It is and- the most rushed Sonic game I have ever seen. I think it has a team of 20 that worked on that it. That feels like- correct. Yeah. Like <laughs> Sonic games are notorious for having very small development teams for being supposedly triple A, but like triple A titles. Yeah. And yeah, Sonic Heroes... First off, you have a much more nuanced opinion of Sonic Heroes than I ever will have. Okay, that's fair. Because I played a ton of Sonic Heroes. I bought, I spot Sonic Heroes day one. Mm-hmm. First off, I think Sonic Heroes is one of the worst games I've ever played. <laughs> like, okay, that's super fair. Again, the execution is awful. The execution is terrible. It's the worst. And it, pray that you never have to play the casino level. Mm-hmm. Because there's a pinball machine mechanic in that level, and it is the worst pinball physics I've ever played. And I say this even though in college I took a game design course where I made a pinball machine in Second Life. Oh, God. How'd that turn out? Badly, but Heroes is worse. (laughs) Well, good news. With the main main gameplay loop in order to get the true ending in in Sonic Heroes, you're going to probably have to play that stage three times. So it's so every everything about playing Sonic Heroes is just doesn't feel good. And again, it does not. I think the core design idea is really smart and would work if they'd had the resources to finish the game. Yeah. Yeah. If only they did, which uh spoiler alert, that's going to be a reoccurring three theme for the three games we're going to be talking about today. Absolutely. Is that, boy, if they just had enough time to finish this, it might be okay. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But like this one absolutely feels like less than 50%. Yeah. It's just yeah. so underbaked. It really is. It really is. Yeah, let's let's talk a little bit. Well, I guess we already are talking about Sonic Heroes, but let's let's keep talking about it a little bit by just kind of jumping into a bit about like its development and whatnot. Yeah. So Sonic Heroes is a bit of a weird game plot wise, in the sense of that it's this this is largely due to the fact that it's like the first built from the ground up multi platform Sonic game ever made. Like we didn't even touch upon this. This is the first game that was released on three separate consoles at once. Right. The Xbox PlayStation 2, and GameCube, because Sega was out of the console business by this point. Yep. So because of this, Yuji Naka and Sonic Team wanted to pull back a bit and make a game that appealed to everyone, not just Sonic fans. At least that's their words. So the team director and lead designer echoed this, stating that he didn't want to make a sequel to Sonic Adventure 2. 
worrying it only appealed to Sonic fans. So because of that, the plot in this game is rather light, and what we have instead of, like, it's actually kind of similar to, like, what uh, what Adventure 2 did as opposed to Adventure 1, which had, like, adventure, like will world hubs and whatnot. Mm-hmm. This is a level-based game where you play as one of four teams. Team Sonic, which consists of Sonic, Tails, and Knuckles. Team Dark, which consists of Shadow, Rouge, and E123 Omega, who's a new egg robot that's like Gamma from Sonic Adventure. Team Rose, which consists of Amy Rose. Cream the Rabbit, who is completely irrelevant, so we're not going to talk much about her. Don't worry about Cream the Rabbit. And Big the Cat for some reason. (sighs) They had his model. They had freaking five months to make this game. They had to do something. Exactly. And finally, the fourth team, Team Chaotix, which consists of Espio the Chameleon, Charmy B, and Vector the Crocodile from the game Knuckles Chaotix, that hot 32x banger. I'm, as I'm sorry. So they wanted to make a game that appeals to everyone, not just Sonic fans, and then one of the teams is just characters from Knuckles Chaotix? Oh, yes. Yeah. A game that half of Sonic fans don't know. <laughs> A game that looks really, really nice and does mm. not play well at all. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they decided just to go with that. Sure. I, I think I think their justification for it as well was like, hey, we're not bringing back the characters from Knuckles Chaotix. We're creating our own new characters <laughs> from these character designs, uh-huh. which uh-huh. is like, what the hell does that even mean? Okay, <laughs> sure. Yeah, sure. they form a detective ed- agency for some <laughs> reason to solve mysteries. Right. They're like the one team who actually has a different gameplay loop from everybody else because... Yeah. In this game, each team goes through the same stages and fights the same bosses. It's just each team has a separate difficulty. So, like, Rose, Team Rose is easy mode, Team Sonic is medium, and Team Dark is hard. And they just play, like, a little bit more of each stage, depending on which team you play as. Enemy layouts are a little bit different. Uh, making you really feel like that, yeah, they didn't really have a whole lot of time you need to kind of pad things out a little bit. Yeah... Yeah, so sticking with the notion that they wanted to make this accessible to everyone, the story is very light as well. That I, go ahead. I'm sorry, it's just the idea of oh, we don't want this to just appeal to Sonic fans. We want it to appeal to everyone. Sonic is a freaking mass appeal market platform mascot. He is. What what is this exclusivity you think that Sonic fans have? Yeah. And also, as we're about to see, they're going to really dive in. Like, Alex, did you ever really want to hear about the like the deep, dark backstory of Shadow the Hedgehog? I thought I heard about it in Sonic Adventure 2. Well, good news. You get to hear more about it. So it's okay. like, all right, no, I guess you actually are going to reference things from Sonic Adventure 2 and still, like, build upon that story. So it's like, wait, what is this pulling things back and making it more accessible? It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. I don't know. So yeah, because of that, we are going to talk about Team Dark's story just a little bit, uh, and then after that, move on from this game, because otherwise it's not really the most relevant. I, I tend to think of Sonic Heroes plot-wise as the Metal Gear portable ops of the Sonic canon, <laughs> as in ah, it yes. sort of starts to set up things from the other one, but it only sets them up for the real sequel to do anything. Which in Metal Gear's case was Peace Walker, and in Sonic's case is Shadow the Hedgehog. Oh yeah, there's a lot of very relevant things that are going to come up in Shadow that are very important. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so stupid that they are, but but yeah, we, let's talk about that plot a little bit. Let's so, do that. 
Sonic Heroes starts with Dr. Eggman telling Sonic that he's going to take over the world with a new <laughs> super weapon in three days unless he can stop him. Like, literally sends a message to him. It's yeah, great. it's a weird, like, signed hologram invitation letter. Mm-hmm. And Sonic is absolutely jazzed about this. He is super psyched. Yeah, so he goes off to stop him, dragging, you know, tails and knuckles with him. So, Sonic and team successfully do so. They go through all the stages. They blow up an entire fleet of egg carriers. They get the emeralds, and they stop Eggman. Not realizing, though, that he's rebuilt Metal Sonic. Sonic CD, which is basically mm-hmm. just Robot Sonic, more or less. Right. And he's been copying their data this entire time. It's like, ooh, ominous. What's going on with that? He's doing this to all the teams, by the way, including Team Dark. And then for some reason, mm-hmm. he's like, I need to get Amy Rose's data as well. And Big well, the Cat. <laughs> he's a Gotta... completionist. Yeah, you know. I mean, it's just like, you know, when Dr. Jero and Dragon Ball Z got Curlin's data, you know, got to make sure. Yeah, might be something. Destructo disc. Yeah, there we go. That's Perfect. Good. She's got a big hammer. Maybe I could use that. So, meanwhile, Rouge the Bat has been sneaking around Eggman's bases as she's heard that he has some valuable treasure. However, when she sneaks into one of these bases, she finds a capsule containing what appears to be Shadow the Hedgehog. Wasn't Rouge not actually a treasure hunter? That was just her cover story? Yeah, but now she is again. Oh, okay. It's It seems like she does both. She's both a government agent and also, eh, I'm cool stealing shit. Okay, that seems like a conflict of interest, but okay. Yeah, just a bit. Just a bit. So, if y'all don't remember, last time we saw Shadow, he fell through the Earth's atmosphere and got burned up to a crisp. Yep. But hey, good good news, he's fine. Hasn't even been dead for five minutes. <laughs> cool. So good old Shadow, though, when he's released, has amnesia. So he's not really sure what's going on. And when Rouge releases Shadow, she accidentally releases E-123 Omega as well, who immediately just tries to murder everybody. Now, Shadow manages to beat him and calm him down. And Omega's like, okay, cool, I'm going to tell you my mission. My mission was to guard you, Shadow. And I was ordered by this from Dr. Eggman. Which, by the way, I hate that. <laughs> oh, okay. That is a waste of my abilities, and now I have a new mission. His new mission is to murder Eggman at all costs. <laughs> that seemed like a flaw in the programming. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. I thought making quality killer robots was like the one thing Eggman's pretty good at. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, as we're going to learn by the time like Sonic 2006 rolls around... Omega is really good at murder. True. He just also wants to murder Eggman, which is, uh, that's a problem. Yeah. So the three team up to stop Dr. Eggman and steal all this treasure. So unfortunately, as they travel around to beat up Eggman's various robots, Rouge discovers that, one, he doesn't have any treasure, but he does have a secret base that's filled with android clones of Shadow the Hedgehog. Oh. Yeah, that's a slight problem. A little bit. Especially since Rouge then realizes that, oh, Shadow must be really dead. And she's like, hey, Omega, just let you know, in case for some reason you care, our Shadow's an android, probably. I, I can't really confirm that. Anyways, just want to let you know. And then Omega just like very bluntly tells her, like, hey, if there's all these Shadows, the real one has to exist somewhere. Can't just clone somebody without the original. So true. Chew on that. Later, loser, and then literally just leaves. <laughs> oh. So this gives Rouge hope that the real Shadow may actually be with her all this time. But we don't get a resolution to this. 
Because after all the teams eventually meet up and beat up Dr. Eggman, uh, they're like, all right, mission's done. But then Metal Sonic shows up and he's like, hey, scanned all your abilities. Now I'm going to turn into an even more powerful form called Metal Madness. And he decides that all society needs to bow down to him, including Eggman, which now makes two robots that he's made in this game that want to yeah, <laughs> either um, enslave or kill him. So He's having a really bad day. Yeah, he really is. So Sonic, of course, turns into Super Sonic, beats up Metal Sonic before just letting him go because he really is just the Goku of this series. Right. Tell him, hey, anytime you want a rematch, just let me know. He's a killer robot. <laughs> yeah, but he's fun to fight. He doesn't have, like, ambitions or a life. You can, you can just break him. <laughs> There's not really morality to that. There, there really isn't, but you know, I mean, I mean to be fair, he does have at least one goal. Yeah, you know, that's to enslave the world. Okay. I mean, that's a goal. Yeah, it's you, not a you good are one. Correct. You are, you are correct. So yeah, that's uh, that's Sonic Heroes. Like I said, very short story, really not right. a whole lot to it, but um, yeah, this game, unlike the other two games we're about to talk about, this game is not really talked about a whole lot in the sonic fan community yeah pretty much everybody has just sort of agreed to forget about this game yeah again i i think it's core design is really smart but just like none of its execution justifies its existence yeah it, it really doesn't it's it, it's a curious game it, it gets the distinction of being the first multi-platform sonic game that yep. like was designed from the ground up to be multi-platform yeah add that little caveat but yeah, other than that, don't really need to know much more beyond that. But you know what we need to know more about, Alex? What's that? We need to we need to learn a little bit more about Shadow the Hedgehog, everyone's favorite hedgehog. How much do we have to learn? Oh, we need to learn uh, about three and a half pages worth of notes of. Good. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. Yeah. So Sega realized that good old Shadow was a. A very, very popular character. People really dig Shadow the Hedgehog and his mm -hmm. hot topic goth edginess that has always seemed lame to me, but a lot of people really, really like him. So, you know, that that's probably something that's I wrong with me. I like Shadow the Hedgehog. You like Shadow the I Hedgehog? Like Sha I, I love Shadow in Sonic Adventure 2. I was like, he's got freaking <laughs> rocket skates looking at me so cool. Red accents to his hair. It's really yeah. cool. I, I've never like just growing up. I just never really could get into the um, the like real like edgy like Nightmare Before Children sort of like right. aesthetic that a lot of people of my generation really really liked. Mm. And, and I recognize that that's just me just being into other weird dumb stuff right. as opposed to those people being into their weird dumb stuff. It's like Shadow has never really landed with me though. Yeah, it definitely did land with enough people that. Sonic Team was like, okay, well, maybe we should make a game with Shadow the Hedgehog. They also wanted to make a game that appealed more to an older demographic that wanted more serious games. Now, the problem is, is that, well, given how popular this game actually is, they, they were actually right about this. So this maybe right. isn't the problem, but it's, they appeal to it in the same way that you appeal to any sort of teenager. As far as, like, I want to make something that's adult. Right. So how about we curse a lot and we give the main character a gun? Yeah, Shadow loves his guns, we decided. 
He has at least 30 different guns in this game. He has a lot of guns. Oh, so many guns. So, Alex, I know you like Shadow the Hedgehog. Do you like him more than now that he's using guns? I have never played Shadow the Hedgehog, the video game. <laughs> I took Me one look at what they were doing and I went, that's stupid. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I was like, you, you all are going way too hard. Yeah. This is... At, yeah, as someone who likes Shadow the Hedgehog, I could recognize that they were trying astronomically too hard and in all of the stupidest directions. And I was like, this game's going to suck. This really is like the teenager wearing dark mascara to freak out his parents' man level right. of video game. Right. It is so hilarious. Like, just <laughs> this game is gunmetal gray and brown to like everywhere. It mm -hmm. is. Shadow cursing out of nowhere is hilarious. It's absolutely wonderful. Oh, so funny. Oh, my God. And, you know, I, I should just... We're going to skip ahead. I'm going to tell you about the opening cutscene of Shadow the Hedgehog, the one that plays right before you even press the start button. Let's, let's do that, because it's the best. So, upon booting the game, you're treated to maybe the best slash worst video game cutscene I've ever seen. <laughs> it has Shadow standing in front of the full moon immediately cocking what looks like to be an FNFAL or some other type of AK in a way that is not possible in either gun <laughs> before immediately transitioning to him riding a motorcycle and fighting <laughs> weird hell demons. All the while, it's playing what seems to be the best attempt at some sort of hardcore new metal-ish like, uh, music track. Oh... And it ends with Shadow standing behind a kneeling, battered Sonic with some sort of Colt 1911 handgun. Like, he doesn't actually point the gun at him, which is what I was expecting. Yeah. But still, it's attempting a certain feeling, for sure. Absolutely. Like, it tells you everything what this game is about. So, Shadow the Hedgehog, though, is a relatively short game. It actually only has six stages or so before you get to an ending. Right. But here's the thing. There are ten endings. Yeah. <laughs> God, there's and, so many endings. There is, and each ending is based upon Shadow's alignment in the final stage. So, alignment is literally just, do you kill humans, enemies, or both? <laughs> and depending on your mix, you'll finish with either a hero, dark, or like neutral ending to that stage. You know, go on to a different right. level based upon that. So, in order to get the true ending, you actually have to play through and get all ten of these endings... So, because of that, they all tend to slightly contradict each other, but in a way that also does it. Mm-hmm. Like, they all end in the same way, which is Shadow gets all seven of the Chaos Emeralds, and he either goes, I'm going to give them to the bad guys to do their thing, or I'm going to use them to take over the world, <laughs> or I'm not going to let the bad guys do their thing. I will use the Chaos Emeralds to stop them. So... I thought about, like, actually to tell you what all the endings are, but they really aren't relevant because they they're all, like, maybe, like, 30 seconds long. Right. So we're not going to bother with that because this is going to be long enough as is. But we are going to talk about the plot of Shadow the Hedgehog in general. Oh, let's do it. The game takes place shortly after the events of Sonic Heroes and has our boy Shadow standing in a park near the city of Westopolis. He's, been a, he's being a really sad boy after finding out that he's probably an android created by Dr. Eggman, as opposed to an android created by Gerald Robotnik. Sure. Yeah. He has very few memories to rely on as he searches for his past. The only real one he can make out is a 12-year-old girl getting shot in the face and the name Maria. 
Once again, this game goes very hard to being like, man, look at how sad our boy is. He's so sad. He's so brooding. Now, while he is brooding, we see a newspaper float by revealing that the Black Common is passing by the Earth as it does every 50 years. And there's nothing ominous about this at all. You know, Alex, I, as I was doing this, I was thinking about uh, good old Carl Sagan mm-hmm. and how he really wants us to look at the stars and, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. take in the wonder of the cosmos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By the end of the next two games, I'm going to... Th- I. I, I think we're going to find that he's wrong. Yeah, no, the stars are nothing but horror. Yeah, stay the hell away from space and celestial objects. Space only wants to hurt you. Yeah, because because of this comet, a weird hell portal opens up in the sky and weird dark gray demons start spewing out, attacking happens, and killing us. It happens immediately. Happens immediately. <laughs> like within a newspaper floats by and then suddenly the sky is hell. Yeah, within seconds, <laughs> there are aliens attacking and killing the citizens of Westopolis. And Shadow oh. at first is like, well, whatever, not my problem. Yep. When a mysterious projection shows up in front of him, looking like a character on a gothcore album cover as designed by an out-of-touch 40-year-old, oh. this multi-eyed, raw-roped alien calls himself Black Doom! Black Doom! And with the voice of Dr. Claw from Inspector Gadget, he tells Shadow... As you can see, the day of reckoning will soon be here. And to gather the seven chaos emeralds and bring them to me. So Shadow's intrigued by this because he's like, hey, you know who I am. How do you know who I am? After all, because Shadow's only a well-known hedgehog, as we're going to soon find out. Right. And he goes to the city. So at this point, what Shadow does can be summed up as such. He goes on various missions to get chaos emeralds either following Black Tomb's orders to do so, which includes killing gun soldiers, or defying his orders and teaming up with various Sonic characters, such as Knuckles or Vector the Crocodile for some reason. <laughs> There's a lot of Vector the Crocodile in this game. There's a lot. They they really... I, I think Team Chaotix hit pretty hard because like they lean all in to the Chaotix characters after this. They do, or at least for this game. They're going to be very much absent in 2006, but... yeah. For this one, yes, very hard into it. So yeah, they either team up with, like Sonic characters and like destroy like Black Doom soldiers or like which are called the Black Arms, by the way. Right. Either way, he'll always get an emerald at the end of the stage and either make humanity or the aliens a lot angrier at him. The best part is, is like when you do team up with the characters and you start like killing gun soldiers, mm-hmm. they're like, "Hey, they're on our side." And if you like kill like three of them, they're like, "Well, I guess we're gonna leave. You're being a dick, Shadow." <laughs> yeah. Not going to try to stop you. Me, Sonic the Hedgehog. Just feel bad about your decisions. Bye. I don't care if humans die, says Sonic the Hedgehog. So instead of like talking about each individual stage and whatnot, because not really that relevant, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the three main factions in this game and what they're doing, which includes Gun, the Black Arms, and of course, our buddy Eggman. (laughs) I love Eggman in this game so much. He is just a mass murderous psychopath. He really is. It's so good. And he is still building casinos. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. Like, if you do fight, like, Eggman is one of the final bosses. Mm-hmm. Like, he re- literally has a roulette wheel that's on there. Or um, a slot machine, I, I should say. Because he can't, he can't get away from he this. He can't stop. He needs to gamble on something. <laughs> he has a problem. So, let's start with Gun. Gun is in charge of the humanity's military response to the aliens. And while they answer to the President of the United Federation, a.k.a. the President of the United States in all right. but name, they are led by a general who's just known as the Commander. 
The commander is a 50-year-old or so man, a white man with a crew cut, incredibly serious demeanor, who seems to have a grudge against Shadow for some reason. God, this game is so anime. It is, and this is despite the fact that Shadow is seemingly friends with the president. <laughs> he is, which Does also doesn't make sense. It doesn't, but in his office, the president's office, like the Oval Office, <laughs> he literally has a picture of Sonic and Shadow posing in front of the White House on his desk. Which, when he did is that a happen? Hero. When, when did, did that happen? happen? I don't know. I don't know when it happened, but it did. It's great. <laughs> so we learned that, as like time goes on, that the commander spent his childhood with his family on the Ark space station. And he himself looked up to Maria Robotnik as though she were his sister. So you can guess that he was mildly traumatized when Gunn showed up and killed everyone, including yeah. his family and Maria. Yeah. But he survived, and he has held a grudge against Shadow ever since. Why? It's confusing. He's just like, oh, it must be Shadow's fault that those soldiers shot my mom. And it's why, like, no, nah, I think you should blame the government, dude. Yeah, why wouldn't you hold a, a grudge against government military outfits? Like, I don't know, gun? Yeah. Gun honestly gets a real big pass for all the stuff they do in a way that's really, really strange. Yeah. They're like, oh, you keep falsely arresting and shooting people. Well, now nah, you know it's fine. Yeah. It's, it's... You're still the heroes in the end. They've so, never been the heroes. They never have. Gun not has a not been time. the heroes of any game. <laughs> they literally are associated with Team Dark. It's great. Yeah. So like, even if you take like the hero path through this entire game, he still wants to murder Shadow till the very end. Like, if you go like the, through the entire hero path, like he like eventually holds Shadow at gunpoint, and like Shadow's like, "Hey, listen, I lost my memory." And he's like, "But if you really want to kill me, you can go ahead, I guess." And he's like, "Oh man, I feel guilty now. It's clear that you really have lost your memory, and I'm gonna let go of my hate." What? So. Well, he doesn't say that out loud, but he just Well, no, does. but, like, why is that the motivator to move on? Is Oh, he doesn't remember things. Oh, well. Yeah, that's fine. He's a different person now, I guess. That's not how amnesia works. No, or, it isn't. Or grudges. Plus, if he waited, like, five seconds afterwards, Shadow would remember more or less everything. So, oh, you know, well. he, he just he just should have waited just a second and then been like, no, no, you're still dick. Yeah. yeah. So, that's gun. What's the deal with the Black Arms? What is the deal with the Black Arms? It's kind of confusing, but they're a hive-minded race commanded by Black Doom. who, And it's also implied that all his soldiers are direct children of Black Doom himself. Okay. Uh, they arrive here on the Black Comet, and they're here to be humanity's salvation, which is immediately why they start trying to kill people. Uh-huh. And we're going to get a little bit more into their motivations right at the end of the game. Just know that's what they're doing. Okay. So Eggman himself, though, has been just sort of hanging out when he sees that Black Doom has invaded and decides this seems like a good time for him to get the Chaos Emeralds to take over the world. So he commands all the soldiers to go and start invading places and, you know, get the Chaos Emeralds to take him back to his, like, weird medieval, like, fortress and also casino. And sure. so they go around and start attacking both Black Doom and Gun as well. Technically, if, like, you take some evil past, you'll end up working for Eggman. Mm-hmm. And under one of those evil paths, uh, he's like, runs it to Shadow. And he's like convinced that Shadow's one of the androids he built. And he's like, hey, you should be under my command. Go get my emeralds. And Shadow's like, either will be like, uh, yeah, cool, I guess. Or like, no, you're a jerk. But Shadow follows orders from so many people in this game. He does. 
He really, really does. He's, he's supposed to be this rogue lone wolf mercenary of his own designs, and he just spends the entire game doing what other people tell him to do. He really does, and all you need to do to convince him to do something is just be like, hey, Shadow. And he's like, oh, he knows my name. How could he know my name? Yeah, he must know something about my past. That picture with the president was supposed to be a secret. I'm secret friends with the president. But yeah, it's it's weird. It's so weird. So Shadow does, like, confront Eggman eventually, and he, when he does so, he runs through a giant army of suspiciously low polygon shadow androids. Mm-hmm. Which freaks Shadow out and convinces him that, yep, he must be an android, and the real Shadow is dead. And then after that, Shadow will either work for Eggman or beat him up and take over his empire. Oh, alright. The taking over his empire ending, this is the one ending I am going to talk about. Because it's funny, because he walks up to Eggman and he's like, well, I guess I'm going to kill you now. And Eggman's like, no! And then Shadow just karate chops him. Oh. And it's like, that seems ineffective, but okay. Yeah, doesn't he have like 80 guns? Yeah, why not use one of your 80 guns? Why not use your Omachow gun? Uh, Is actually shooting someone with a gun the line Sonic Team decided they didn't want to cross? It would seem to be the case, yeah, because other than a cutscene of Shadow, like, shooting, just, like, unloading at something off in the distance while his, like, mouth is open, uh, he doesn't, there's no cutscene where he actually shoots anybody. Yeah, he just has guns. I'm not even sure there's a cutscene where he actually is holding a gun. I think he only holds guns in the actual action sequences you play as. Right. Well, there's, I guess there's the intro cutscene. Oh, well, yeah, that too. Yeah. But, yeah. So, regardless how this game goes, though, by the end, you get all seven Chaos Emeralds. After this, Black Doom just shows up and is like, Good job, Shadow. We can begin the ritual of prosperity. And Shadow's like, Why? Well, okay, cool, I guess. I'll help <laughs> you with that. But before he could do that, Sonic and the gang shows up, including Dr. Eggman for some reason. And they're like, hey, Shadow, don't listen to him. Give us the Chaos Emeralds. And Eggman's like, he's just here to betray humanity. Betray implies he was ever on the same side. Right? (laughs) But Black Doom is pretty high on like, no, listen, we're here to help humanity. Because you see, I'm going to lay it out there for you. Uh Humanity is evil. As they have a thirst for power and greed and love to betray everything, including the planet that gave them life. So I, Black Doom, I have a perfect solution. I'm going to introduce them to my perfect order. And by perfect order, I mean I'm going to use them as a nondescript energy source. Be it food or, I don't know, build a human coal plant where I shove humans into the fires. (laughs) It's great because he reveals this and everybody gasps off camera all at once. Right. <laughs> so you just hear Amy Rose be like, that's horrible. Uh. <laughs> While everyone's like, oh, I can't believe this. And it's like, oh, shut up, you idiots. You, sh- you really should have seen anything like this coming. Oh, no, the person named Black Doom is going to murder everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Who could have guessed? So everyone seems dumbfounded by this revelation, including Shadow. And then Black Doom just takes the emeralds and uses a chaos control to bring the Black Comet to Earth. It immediately covers the Earth in red clouds, and also it burrows like giant tentacles, like just like shoot out from it and goes into the Earth. Sure. Now, Black Doom explains he had to use chaos control to do this because, and this is a direct quote, the comet's velocity isn't powerful enough to pass through another planet's atmosphere. What? 
Yeah, Black Doom doesn't know how gravity works. Or anything. Or atmospheres. Yeah. <laughs> or velocities. Yeah. He could have been like, I need to bring the comet to Earth, and it always just passes by. Right. But he didn't do that. He's like, nah, man, Earth's atmosphere is Tonka tough. Can't get can't get through that. Yep, it's thick. It's got a <laughs> thick sky. Thick sky up there. <laughs> From all your humans polluting it or something. I don't know. So yeah, it's so dumb. But he decides to finally tell Shadow his origin story. You ready for a Shadow's origin story? Sure, I'm very ready. So one day, Gerald Robotnik was having a terrible time creating the ultimate life form. Uh-huh. When Black Doom just sort of, like, sort of shows up and goes, Hey, if you give me all seven Chaos Emeralds, I'll help you make the ultimate life form. Now, Gerald doesn't think this was sus at all, so he agreed. Okay. And using Black Doom's DNA, he creates Shadow the Hedgehog, who was destined to help gather the seven emeralds. This means, good news, the real Shadow's been here all along. Okay. Bad news, he's part demon alien. Ah. Yeah. That seems dumb. That seems really dumb. Don't worry, it's going to get dumber. Oh, boy. So Sonic and team have heard enough of this to the point that they're about to fight Black Doom when, oh, no, they've been paralyzed. Turns out Black Doom released a gas that's been slowly paralyzing him, and now everyone, including Shadow, can't move. Also, he releases these, like, leashes that, like, go and, like, slowly go along the ground to feed on them. Oh. And he's also like, hey, these are my children. They're going to eat you and become strong. And he goes to finalize his grand old eat all the humans plan. Okay. So it seems like all is lost, except Shadow is able to overcome all this and gets up, squishes the leash before it can eat him, and promises to destroy Black Doom. And everyone's like, yeah, man, Shadow, go and do it. Go beat Black Doom for us. And he leaves to do just that. Uh, he doesn't kill the other leeches, though, so they're all just oh, awkwardly yeah, hanging out next to everybody. Oh. Mm. Mm. <laughs> but they seem to be fine with this, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that. Mm, okay. All right, we'll just assume that's fine. Yeah, we'll just assume that's fine. A little oversight. So Shadow confronts Black Doom once more, who then paralyzes Shadow again. Because uh, being Shadow being part alien is susceptible to his hive mind powers. Why didn't he just use that to start with? Well, to be fair, he had to par paralyze everyone else, but... Right. But, you know, yeah, it's... He has a lot of ways to paralyze somebody. He's pulling out everything right now. Good news, though, is that during this time, the Chaotix have been up on the space station arc. Remember that thing? Yep. Yeah, that's back. And he's been, they've been banging rat and buns up there, and then they managed to, like, play a message from Gerald Robotnik, who tells everyone that, hey, if you're, you're hearing this, I'm dead, and Black Doom is bad, I made the Eclipse Cannon on the Ark not to destroy the world, but so we could destroy the Black Comet, you should all use that to destroy the Black Comet. Okay, why did he make the crash the space station into the Earth button? Oh, he still got angry at humanity later right, after okay. Rhea got murdered, but... Okay. Yeah, it, I... There's a good retroactive explanation for why the a cannon that could destroy the entire planet exists. Yeah, yeah, okay, I guess I guess that's nice. That makes sense now. Yeah, yeah, it makes a little bit more sense. It, it also does, though, imply that Gerald Robotnik just, apropos of nothing one day, built and installed a giant death laser onto the satellite, and nobody was like, huh, why did you do that again? I've been living with that in my life for the last 20 years, almost. I'm, I'm... I'm okay with it. I've made my you, peace. You made your peace with that? Yeah. That, that's good. That's it's good. Just, it just happened one day. So Shadow sees this message, and it sees Maria come on screen. And with that, he's like, all right, I have the building now that defy Black Doom's mind control. And just stands up. 
So he transforms into Super Shadow using the Emeralds, and he beats up a powered-up Black Doom, destroying him. He then Chaos Controls the Black Comet back in space, which is then blown up by the Eclipse Cannon, ending the threat of the Black Arms once and for all. Yay! The game then ends with the President and the Commander being all like, well, I guess we were wrong to judge Gerald Robotnik and Shadow. They're solid oh. people after all. <laughs> yeah, they, start, they literally say that. They're like, man, we were wrong about Gerald Robotnik. You weren't, though. He's still... The Operation Meteor protocol was still there. He also made a giant lizard for reasons. <laughs> yeah, he still he still tried to mess y'all all shit up in the end. But they're like, hey, you know, it's fine. We'll hand wave that one. That was RB anyways. Yeah. For shooting, for shooting his daughter in the face with a handgun. Yeah. That's, that's kind of fair. Yeah. So... The last scene we see is Shadow up on Ark, discarding his picture of Maria and saying, Goodbye forever, Shadow the Hedgehog. He then presumably renames himself Craig or something. I don't know. Okay, yeah. And the end. The end. Yeah, that's, uh, that is Shadow the Hedgehog, a game that is much beloved by certain segments of the Sonic community. Yeah, those segments tend to make a lot of black and red OCs on DeviantArt. They really do, and they're all wonderful. They're all great. God bless. God bless. Keep doing your thing. <laughs> but yeah, how how you how you feeling about uh about your boy Shadow the Hedgehog? Uh, I mean, he's a weird alien hedgehog hybrid now, so that's sort of weird. He's like part demon, I guess. Yeah. Um, he may or it... may not have hive mind powers. He may or may not. Like, honestly, I'm not completely against the idea of him being part alien because it explains why he's able to chaos control, do all these things. Right. Like, like, there's actually some good that could be pulled out of that. Now, obviously, the fact that Sonic can do that. Right. It sort of messes that up. But, you know. Okay, so this is this is something I didn't mention last time. But the way that Sonic and Shadow talk to each other in Sonic Adventure 2, like -hmm. calling each other fake hedgehog and whatnot. And the way that, like, the game sort of leads you on being like, oh, Shadow is the ultimate life form, makes it feel like a hedgehog is some sort of ultimate creature. <laughs> it really does. Like, it, like a hedgehog is some intrinsically powerful entity in the universe. And, like, the pinnacle of hedgehog evolution allows them to use chaos control or something. Yeah, be in tune to these powerful seven emeralds that are, like, the source of infinite power. Yeah, and, yeah, they're, they're the hedgehog emeralds. They, they kind of are, yeah. It It is kind of hilarious, yeah, that hedgehogs... Two, a two-and-a-half-foot hedgehog is the most powerful thing that has ever existed. Yeah. And I personally love it. I, it, I think it's great. Oh, man. And honestly, I can believe it. I've watched a lot of Hedgehog videos, and I don't know. I feel very powerful after watching them. So, like... That's true. Yes, this is fair. So, 100%. I am 100% on board with this. But uh, the next game we're going to talk about, Sonic 2006, is only going to go even harder in the direction of Hedgehogs are the greatest. Oh, boy. And also, they're human enough. Don't worry about it. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh man. Well I guess I guess we gotta we gotta talk about Sonic 2006. Let's do that. 
Uh, Alex, have you ever played Sonic the Hedgehog 2006? I believe I played the much improved Xbox 360 demo. Yes. Oh, man. Yeah, that had better controls than that they took out for the final product for reasons that are incredibly (laughs) silly. Yeah, if that sentence seemed weird to anyone, don't worry. It was. It was a weird thing to say. It was. And... Oh my god, as that even alludes to the development of Sonic 2006 is an absolute nightmare, but... The my, triumphant my experience... return of <clears throat> grandfather of Sonic, Yuji Naka, to the franchise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, um... This is a game that may be one of the most reviled video games to ever be made. Yeah. It is a game that you just mentioned Sonic 2006 and people instantly know what you're talking about. It is a game that should, if it was a lesser franchise, would have killed it. Absolutely, yes. But of course, it is Sonic, which is impossible to kill. You cannot put enough bullets in Sonic to put it down forever. It is a game that it reviewed terribly. It is a game that looks awful. It is a Mm -hmm. game that controls so poorly. It is a game of endless fascination. And it is a game that I am so excited to talk about right now, Alex. Me too. So let's dive in a little bit into the development of Sonic 2006. So as mentioned, one of the most reviled games ever made for a major video game series, but when it was first announced by Yuji Naka, it didn't seem like that would be the case. And a lot of this hinges on a very slick promotional trailer that was shown at E3 2005. I remember that trailer. That trailer ruled. Oh, it's a real good trailer. I watched it, you know, for preparation for this. And yeah, it's still real good. It showed Sonic fighting robots at high speed through forested ruins and was like very impressive looking mm-hmm. and almost looked like gameplay footage. Almost. Because this was this was back when uh, we could still be fooled by technical trailers yeah. of like this is what we we're shooting for. Yeah. And sadly, that was not gameplay. And the development was an absolute mess. So the development of Sonic 2006 could be a podcast in of itself, but to keep it short, This game was conceived in 2004 with the target release of 2006 for the upcoming Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3 consoles, with the PlayStation 3 version coming a little bit later after that. I think it was originally targeted for the new Nintendo console as well. Oh, we're going to get into that in a second. Alrighty. Because it's actually very relevant to why this was a mess, because Mm -hmm. this had a relatively tight deadline because Sonic's 15th anniversary was coming up, and it was felt a marquee Sonic title needed to be released for that. Makes sense. Yep, totally. Now, this game was originally going to be ported everywhere, uh, including PC and the Nintendo Wii. Yeah. However, when they got development kits around September 2005, so well into when they should be developing this game, right? they realized the Wii was simply not going to be powerful enough to handle the game. So Sonic Team had a clear decision to make. They needed to cancel plans for a port. And... They did, mm-hmm. and immediately chose a far worse option. <laughs> they would split the teams into two and have one team focus on a bespoke Sonic project for the Wii, later called the ter- later named the Terrible Sonic and the Secret Rings, mm-hmm. while everyone else focused on finishing the now titled Sonic the Hedgehog. This was a obviously huge problem because Sonic games had a bad tendency to ha- be made with relatively small teams. Mm-hmm. And so splitting the team up on a tight deadline was a problem. Like, you you really didn't have the manpower to spare for this. Right. It was further aided 
by the fact that in 2005, they still hadn't nailed down exactly what sort of areas were going to be in the game alongside other fine details. Mm -hmm. So now you have a smaller team that's still having to like render a lot of assets and figure out even what's going to be in the game in the first place. Right. Now, soon after this decision was made, though, they were hit with another staffing problem. Yuji Naka decided to leave Sega, this time for good. <sighs> so he left to go form his own studio called, uh, I believe it's pronounced Probe, and he took key members of Sonic Team with him as well. So this left Sonic 2006 in an even bigger hole. <laughs> so why not delay the game then? Well, there's two reasons. The first has already been mentioned, uh, and that's what they wanted to make the 15th anniversary of Sonic the Hedgehog. Right. The second and most important reason is they simply had no choice. They signed a deal with Microsoft to release the game by holiday 2006 for the Xbox 360. Right. And it was prominently featured in Microsoft's marketing push for that year. Yeah, Microsoft really wanted to make a splash with the Xbox 360, and they also wanted to actually have some sort of penetration into the Japanese market. Right. And so they really were banking on Sonic. It never fails to astound how many bad decisions Sega can make in one development. Mm-hmm. Right? It's oh like just a cavalcade every time. It is. And I didn't write this down, but you alluded to this when you talked about the demo of Better Controls. Mm-hmm. So when this game's released, it's going to be released with an older build that has bad controls. (laughs) The reason being is because they literally ran out of time. And this game wasn't developed ground up for the 360. Right. It was developed ground up for the PlayStation 3 and ported to the 360. So when they they pushed out the gold version, they basically ported everything over from the PlayStation 3, which still had the bad controls. Right, because the improvements were done on the 360 build for some reason. Probably yep. because it was the Xbox 360, I want to say E3 showcase, and subsequently yeah, the like marketplace where, the, where this demo was being released. So they just mm-hmm. made the improvements to the demo, which was this 360 build, and they couldn't backport them into the PS3 build in time. Oh god. Yeah, it's such a it's such an awful thing they did. It's it's a I better version it. of the game existed than what was released. Yep. And now every version of the game has been destroyed. Yep. <laughs> Good job, Sega. Wow. So because of all this though, they had the team at Sega had to make a decision and so they locked down everything in the build. Right. They're like we are not adding anything. We're going to cut whatever is unnecessary and just finish everything as best they can. Mm-hmm. So what was released on November 14th, 2006, was, once again, one of the worst video games ever made by a major development studio. <laughs> Sonic 2006 is, once again, a mess from the ground up. The controls were sloppy. The adventure hubs were empty and lifeless. And large bugs were all over the place. Uh, one particular bug is that Sonic has powers that he can equip. And he would drain an energy meter that mm-hmm. would slowly replenish over time. The game was so broken that men- that meter never depletes. Yeah. Uh, that's obviously something you would catch in QA, but they didn't even have time to fix that. No, there was no time and there was probably no people. No, not at all. Even the plot was affected. Voice lines recorded before final script changes were made, made their way into the game. 
with things such as like this item called the scepter of darkness being referred uh-huh. to like three different things like, <laughs> book of darkness among other little things here and there like you're told to go to a desert because a desert hub was supposed to exist but it never did so it confused a lot of people when they played the game because you're like what desert <laughs> there's a desert level am i supposed to go there but yeah all in all complete mess and that even without its um its absolutely nuts plot would be possibly remembered for all time but it does have a plot that's off the rails so let's talk about that now yeah let's do that so sonic 2006 starts with us in the kingdom of soliana a place that's like a mix of southern france and england Mm -hmm. ruled under a constitutional monarchy and in the midst of celebrating the festival of the sun a celebration of their sun god solaris as a floating parade heads towards the center of the town we meet the current reigning monarch princess elise a 17 year old princess who lost her father the duke of soliana when she was only seven our first real interaction with her is her having a vision of a giant flame tornado followed by a flame dragon destroying her city as she recovers from this and performs the rites of the ceremony of flame or something <laughs> the center the entire city is attacked by missiles robots and other bad explosive things <laughs> and in the midst of this chaos a giant airship descends and a transport flies out carrying an already theatrically bowing dr eggman oh god i forgot about dr eggman in this game so one thing i want to mention is that eggman has always looked very gangly and cartoony. Right. They have changed his appearance to look more like a normal everyday human. And he looks very wrong. Oh, he looks so nightmarish. He really, really does. Like, um, he still has like kind of like a squat gut, but it's just sort of bruised out of nowhere. Yeah. Like he has a sort of realistic face, but he still has his giant like mustache like jutting out from him. Oh, it's it's so weird. He's got the nose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he looks so, so weird. Really, all the humans in this game, they try to go for, like, a very, uh, like, photorealistic sort of look. They want to right. go, like, realistic humans. And right. they all just look a little off. Yeah. Particularly Elise and Eggman. Yeah. So, he's here, and he announces he's here to obtain the secret of the flames of disaster from her, as well as the Chaos Emeralds, which he just happens to have one. Unfortunately for Eggman, wherever he goes, Sonic must be falling behind. He shows up, destroying a bunch of robots, and rescues a bewildered Elise before running off with her. Elise herself mistakes Sonic for another white hedgehog she had met previously, whom we actually see on a separate rooftop, watching the proceedings unfold. Before the scene ends, he speaks, saying that he's finally found him, the Iblis Trigger! Oh... The first of many nonsensical words to be spouted in pursuit of plot. Oh, yes. I hope you enjoy hearing stuff like the Iblis trigger an awful lot. I really do. So Sonic and Elise get away for about 10 seconds when Eggman manages to kidnap her anyways. Yeah, just kind of shows up behind him and kidnaps her. Yeah, literally Sonic like looks to his right and he looks to his left like, oh, oh, damn, you got caught. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> So, not before Sonic gets the emerald from her, though. Eggman's like, ah, whatever. Got the girl. <laughs> yeah. Take that, Sonic. <laughs> so, Sonic sets off to rescue Elise, enlisting the help of Tails and Knuckles in the process, who just kind of show up in Soliana. Yeah. The weird white hedgehog also shows up. And right before he's about to confront Sonic, he's immediately tackled by Amy Rose. 
Because if Sonic is anywhere, Amy Rose is not far behind. She mistakes this hedgehog for Sonic, and after she realizes he's not Sonic, slaps him and apologizes because this is anime. Yeah, and she's a girl. Mm-hmm. So Amy feels bad about this, and she decides to help him track down his mysterious prey. Mysterious because she doesn't bother to ask who he's looking for, <laughs> what he looks like, or any identifying features. We also learned this hedgehog's name, Silver the Hedgehog. Oh, God. Alex, what's better than two Sonics? Nothing. <laughs> because this is not better. Oh, you don't think three Sonics are better? No, that's too many Sonics. Oh, there's going to be a lot of Sonics in this. Also, Silver the Hedgehog is not to be confused with Silver Sonic. Oh, yeah, yeah, the, the robot. The robot Sonic. Oh, man, I like Silver Sonic. Me too. Yeah, he's, he's, he's good. So how about we learn a little bit more about Silver? Let's do that. So Silver is from 200 years in the future, where, according to Sega's now defunct official webpage for the game, <laughs> telekinesis is a common ability. Sure, why not? And Silver's apparently really talented in telekinesis, which is good because the world is kind of a terrible place. You see... 200 years prior to the flames of disaster were unleashed. Uh, well, 200 years ago, they were unleashed. Right. And there we go. Read those notes a little bit better. They were released, destroying the world, and releasing the immortal beast known as Iblis. It's such a bad name. It's such a bad it's name. It's such a terrible name. <laughs> Silver, alongside his good friend Blaze the Cat, which is either the best name or the most unfortunate name, and I have yet to decide. It's kind of both at the same time. Kind of is. Are frustrated not being able to kill Iblis and bring peace to the world. However, one day, a mysterious figure appears. Alex, what's better than three Sonics? I don't know at this point. <laughs> well, Sega thinks it's four Sonics. God. Because one day, a mysterious floating crystal hedgehog appears. Oh, right, that thing. Well, he's not a crystal yet, but he will eventually. Instead, he actually just looks like Shadow the Hedgehog, except more grayscale, and he doesn't have a mouth for some reason. Right. Calling himself Methylese the Dark. Oh, God. He informs Silver and Blaze that there might be a way to stop all this. Why didn't they call the big evil thing Methylese and this thing Iblis? That at least feels like it scales right. It really does, doesn't it? Also, I like how uh, they're going to immediately trust this guy. This weird creature whose mouth doesn't move and like, right. kind of walks around like a zombie. And is clearly an evil monster alien. Yeah. Has evil voice and everything, but, you know. Silver hasn't been around a whole lot of evil things that aren't just, like, dragons that don't speak his language, I guess. I guess so. So, Mephiles tells him that somebody named Sonic is the Iblis Trigger. And if he can be stopped before unleashing the flames of disaster, this can all be avoided. He then uses his powers to transport him back in uh, into the past, 200 years ago. So, you know, he just has to okay. travel powers. Yeah, sure. Why not? Sonic. Uh, by the way, there's going to be a lot of time travel in this game. Oh, boy. Oh, wait. Who's Mephiles? Well, to get a little bit more info on that, we need to check in on our good friend and part alien, Shadow the Hedgehog. Yay. So it turns out he's working full-time for Gun now, and his partners with Rouge the Bat and E-123 Omega, who I guess is also now part of Gun. Why do people who were nearly murdered by Gun keep ending up working for Gun? You know, 
that's a good question. You would think that Shadow of all people would be like, I am not going to work for you. Yeah, you would suck. think. Or anyone. I guess he just threw away that picture of Maria and was like, well, out of sight, out of mind. Yep, I guess time I'm, for gun. I'm cool. Cool working with the government now. They're named gun. I like guns. They have guns. Guns, guns, oh, guns. Gonna, Alex, you're going to actually hate this. Uh-huh. This is probably... Um, they actually might mention their name in Shadow the Hedgehog, but in this game, they definitely do mention oh, yeah. their name here, and they pronounce it G-U-N. They don't say gun. That's so dumb. And That's I hate it so, so stupid. I hate it so much. Because gun is a good name. Gun is a great name. So Shadow and team are on a mission to infiltrate a base on Soliana and steal an item called the Scepter of Darkness. So Shadow and Rouge do so, but before they can deliver it to... I refuse to call him G-U-N. Gun. Mm-hmm. They are confronted by Eggman's robots. And after a fight, the scepter is damaged, releasing a dark spirit, which flies into Shadow's uh, shadow and oh, forms right. into Mephiles. So that's why he's like a weird shadow of shadow right. that doesn't have a mouth. He seems to know Shadow and has a bit of a grudge against him. And Shadow is like, I have no idea who you are. And is even more confused when Mephiles transports him and Rouge 200 years into the future. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. So that's what Shadow's been up to. We know Silver wants to kill Sonic, and Sonic's trying to rescue Elise, all while Mephiles is trying to do something. That's what our four hedgehog buddies are up to. Okay, sure. Getting back to Sonic, he does manage to rescue Elise, which, by the way, this is going to be a reoccurring thing, so we're going to cut out all the times Elise gets captured and rescued. Makes sense, yeah. That's a good call. Because basically what happens is that Lise will get rescued and then they'll usually have like a tender emotional scene because you see Sonic and Elise are slowly developing feelings for one another. God. Now, some of these scenes include Sonic like getting his arm bandaged by Elise while they hang out on the Windows XP default desktop wallpaper. Sonic and Elise taking a nice stroll through town and Elise getting sad about Sonic while they both are standing next to the lake while being showered in cherry blossoms (laughs) and romantic music plays. They are laying it on thick that they it's are both so, in love. It's so heavy and it's so weird. It is so weird. And I I, I was talking with my girlfriend about this last night, mm-hmm. about why I think this is so weird. And I don't think it's because like one of them is a hedgehog, the other is a human. <laughs> I think that's low-hanging fruit. Yeah, fair. I think the problem is that one of them is a two-and-a-half-tall hedgehog who's clearly a cartoon. Right. And here's this lady that they're trying to make look realistic. Yeah, it does not jive super well. It does not. It's like if Danny DeVito was, like, the lead character in a romantic comedy with, like, the tallest actress you could find. Yeah. Like, it'd be hard to believe. It'd be it'd be kind of weird. I would also want to see that movie. Oh, but, definitely, um, yeah. Yeah, and actually, you know, 100%, I'd actually be with this. Okay, ignore that. Ignore that. <laughs> so during all of this, Amy and Silver finally do run to Sonic, and Silver goes ballistic and immediately tries to murder him. He almost succeeds, too, except Amy shows up and is like, Oh, hell nah, don't do this. He's my friend. So Silver tries to reason with Amy, and she straight up is like, Hey, if it was between the world and Sonic, i choose Sonic. Oh, Amy. Yeah, you know, she got her convictions. Yeah, yeah. Sonic then runs off after Elise, who gets kidnapped in the meantime. Of course, And Shadow goes to, like, just sadly sit on, like, some steps and be be sad about (laughs) things. And he really, and he wonders if it's really right to kill somebody to save the world. So, Sonic goes to confront Eggman with tails and knuckles in tow, bringing along the Chaos Emerald, because Eggman's like, hey, 
you bring the Chaos Emerald, I'll release Elise. And our heroes are stupid. Yeah. So Eggman immediately goes back on his word and uses a machine called the Solaris Prototype to send them in the future. Eggman is really great about this because he actually does this. He tells Elise, like, yeah, don't know where I sent them. It's only a prototype. Yeah. Uh, they could be in the future. They could be in the distant past. I have no idea. <laughs> However, Sonic Team could only make so many backgrounds. So right. they end up conveniently 200 years in the future and end right. up running into Shadow and Rouge. Ah, convenient. Yeah, very, very convenient. So they figure out a way to escape. They decide we're going to use Chaos Emeralds and then both Sonic and Shadow will use Chaos Control to open a time portal to get back to their own time. Sure. They just they just decide they can do this now. Yeah. Uh, Chaos Emeralds always do just whatever is needed. Yeah. It's, it's just the Chaos Emeralds. Like, l- literally what the Chaos Emeralds are changes from game to game. Okay, so yeah, they end up going back into time. Except for Shadow, because he sees Mephiles, and he's like, oh, no, I got to go after him. And so he takes off after him and he catches up with him and learns that after the flames of disaster, he was blamed for everything. And what remained of humanity locked him up in stasis. Methley's then trying. Shadow, Shadow was blamed for everything? Yeah. Why? Because he's an evil alien hedgehog, I guess. I don't know. Okay. So Methley's tries to convince him to turn on humanity and work for him. But that fails, as Shadow's is the one person in the core cast who can't be tricked. Huh. Well. Well, in this game, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> he proceeds to beat the absolute hell out of Mephiles, who does manage to escape. And then Omega immediately shows up out of nowhere with the Chaos Emerald, and he uses it to get back to the past. Okay, sure. So, so Omega shows up because, like, Rouge is like, oh, Shadow didn't come along with us. Hey, Omega, here's this Emerald. Go into stasis for 200 years. Oh, and, yeah. That's uh, actually smart. Yeah. Rouge... Smart lady. Yep. So the second Shadow gets back from the future, he immediately goes to see Eggman because he figures if anybody knows about this Mephiles shirt, it's probably him. And in a, actually a pretty good scene, he breaks through the ceiling of Eggman's base and mm. Eggman just rather nonchalantly tells him, you could have used the door. <laughs> <laughs> so Shadow asks him, asks him about Mephiles, but Eggman tells him, hey, I ain't telling you anything, but uh, I will give you a hint. Probably has something to do with the Soliana disaster 10 years ago and probably involves uh, the Solaris project. And so Shadow's like, hmm, I've heard of this Solaris project. I better go track down Silver. So so Shadow goes and tracks down Silver, who's trying to murder Sonic again. Yeah, sure. And he just just beats up Silver. It's actually a hilarious cutscene. Yeah. He uses chaos control. Yeah. Kicks him in the back of the head. (laughs) It's pretty great. And he, like, literally goes, hey, idiot, Mephiles is the bad guy. <laughs> you're, you're being an idiot. You want to know more about him? We got to go 10 years in the past. And Silver's like, I well, I don't understand. He's like, here, here's your emerald. Here's my emerald. We're going to do a chaos control. And they do an open a portal to the past. So, by the way, Silver can do chaos control. Okay, is a yeah, sure. Yep. So they're transported to an underwater base where a really dumb experiment is happening. So, the Solaris Project was headed by the Duke of Soliana, which is uh, Elise's uh, father, mm-hmm. for the sole purpose of controlling the god Solaris. What? Yeah, it turns out uh, Solaris the god is real. Oh, and you're yeah. going to control him? Yeah. 
Because you see, Solaris is the god of like time and creation itself. Uh-huh. And so by controlling it, they'll be able to just travel time. And as like the Duke of Soleon explains to like young Elise, is like, yeah, man, people will be able to go back into the past and fix like all the wrong things they did. And, you know, if they do wrong, they can go like make up for it. It'll be great. Okay, putting aside the qualms of time travel and the messing with the timeline um would the god solaris not have a problem being controlled yeah funny you mentioned that (laughs) (laughs) solaris is going to have a big problem with that although i do like the idea that the duke is like i want to give this power to all of my people right give everyone time travel literally people could be like say something awkward at a party and then rewind time by five seconds and not say that yep like, great, good use of that, I guess. Sure. So, needless to say, Solaris doesn't like this, and the experiment doesn't work. And the entire control room they're in explodes, mortally wounding the Duke and killing his staff. It also causes Solaris to split too. Iblis and Mephiles. Ah. Uh-huh. So Shadow goes after Mephiles, and Silver goes after Iblis. Now, before, like, Shadow takes off, like, um... The Duke of Solaris, or not Duke of Solaris, uh, uh, the Duke of uh, Solionic gives Shadow the Scepter of Darkness. Okay. So Shadow managed to uh, uh, trap Mephiles into the Scepter, so mm-hmm. that's how he ends up in it in the first place. I'm sorry, Solaris sounds like a demon. Kind of does. Well, I mean, it seems like it splits into like a good light half that's also just wanting to murder everything, so maybe it's not that good. Right. And then Mephiles who's evil were they trying to use the scepter of darkness to control solaris so that's a great question they just had a scepter of darkness hanging around oh it's actually never explained because if it was supposed to control solaris that's a demon i don't think it was actually supposed to control solaris at oh. all. I, think they, I think they literally just had a scepter of darkness that he just carried oh, around on him okay but it yeah. it can it contains Mephiles. Well, it will in a second. The dark. After Shadow uses right. it to uh contain him, yeah. But the Mephiles, the dark which does not exist until Solaris, the god of the sun, splits into two. Yep. Because he did that. Mm-hmm. The their experiment was powerful enough to force a god to split into two? Yep, pretty much. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, not only are gods are real, but science is powerful enough to split a god in two. Okay, sure. Coming for you, Jesus. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, um... So, yeah, that that's all happening. Okay, yeah, sure. That, okay. Yeah, so Silver, who went after Iblis, uses his telekinesis power to, like, put him in stasis. But, like, Iblis is slowly getting more and more powerful. Mm-hmm. But before that could, he could finally get super powerful and do this flames disaster nonsense, the Duke shows up with a now knocked out Elise. And he's like, listen, I got a plan. Mm-hmm. We can contain Iblis in a vessel of royal blood, which I happen to be holding here, my seven-year-old daughter. <laughs> so they do that. They put Iblis in her. <laughs> I mean, I watched Naruto. I know how this goes. Sometimes yeah, exactly. you just gotta, you know, it's just you gotta throw the child at the giant monster. Sometimes you gotta. 
So he does that, and he tells Elise to never cry, no matter what. What? Otherwise, the flame will be released. That's, okay, that's, that one's bad. That's not yeah. a plan. That's a, stupid. Hey, seven-year-old girl who's about to lose her only, her only family. Let me tell you, never cry. Never, ever cry. Never get sad. Okay, yeah, that seems like a terrible seal. It actually makes uh, a few things, uh, a few cutscenes in retrospect seem really, really, like, ominous. In yeah. the sense of, like, there's a lot of cutscenes where Sonic's like, hey, man, just smile. And it's like, oh, no, Sonic. Mm, he didn't <laughs> know any better. He didn't know. <laughs> he didn't know. <laughs> I have a demon inside of me, Sonic. Um, so, yeah, that all happens, and then the Duke dies. Okay. So... Shadow leaves the scepter behind in the past because he's like, well, I know what's going to happen to this. Mm -hmm. And they end up heading back to the future. And like, Elise like wakes up just in time to see, you know, Silver jump through. So that's how she knows about the white hedgehog and all that. Okay. And, uh, and yeah, so that all happens. That's great. Shadow now knows how he can contain Mephilus. He asks like uh, Rouge to look up like, okay, what are the same materials went, that went to the scepter of darkness? Mm -hmm. We're going to go and go and stop with the Mephiles. So yeah. Wait, where is the scepter of darkness that they got? Oh, it it blew up. Okay, right. And that's what released Mephiles. Okay, so they need to make a new scepter. They're just going to make a new scepter of darkness. Yeah, it turns out you can just do that. Okay. Yep. Thanks, Rouge, international jewel thief and CIA agent or something. <laughs> Gun has a lot of resources. And Apparently, Rouge is very so. confident. So anyways, Eggman kidnaps Elise again and okay. finally tells her his entire plan, which mm -hmm. is to get control of Solaris and use its power to dominate everything, including time. He's like, I want to rule over all time periods. Okay, sure. Yeah, he, he wants a Sonic CD this. The, honestly, this seems less stupid than Chaos, so. Yeah, agreed, agreed. However, shortly after telling her this, the egg carrier malfunctions, crashes into the ground, and explodes, cool. killing Elise and Eggman. Okay, cool. Okay. So yeah, there we go. Crisis averted. <laughs> Iblis can't come out if his vessel's dead somehow. <laughs> Wait, is that true? It seems to be, because Iblis definitely does not come out. Oh, Iblis just dies with the host. Guess so. <laughs> oh. So, so God died in an airship crash? I mean, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Half a god, anyways. So Sonic witnesses all this alongside Silver, because they're now cool with each other. Right. Because Silver, Silver figured out Mephilus was up to no good. Right. And Sonic is absolutely devastated. However, once again, they figure out they could just time travel whenever. <laughs> right, yeah. Sure. So they do that. They travel one day in the past. Sonic bores the air carrier just as it takes off fights Eggman, and escapes with Elise from the exploding battleship. And as it explodes, like, there's a really cool cutscene where he's, like, ping-ponging between, like, different pieces of the falling ship and right. whatnot. Actually looks really nice. Yeah. They then land on a grassy field and both laugh. And Sonic is like, nice smile! And then she <laughs> winks at him, and I am disgusted. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> so, that wraps up Sonic's story. Silver himself travels back into the future because he's like, hey, I figured out a way to defeat Iblis. What was it? Well, he figures out that Iblis can be contained in another person oh. using a Chaos Emerald. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he's like, 
all right, we'll just, uh, I'll just continue within me, and then I'll go to a different dimension. Okay. Yeah, solid plan, honestly. Raises some questions of, wait, did it have to be a person of royal blood, after all? But, yeah, we'll ignore that part. Yeah, let's ignore that part for now. So he goes and defeats Iblis, and using the Chaos Emeralds, he begins to do the sealing process, but then Blades the Cat's like, hey, I already have flame powers, why don't you just put it into me? And he's like, no, I can't do that, you're my friend. Wait, and she, what do the flame powers have to do with anything? Ah, because he's like a flame demon. Oh, does she just want better flame powers? Well... I feel like the actual reason is she's less likely to cry than he is. You know, honestly, true. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't talk about Blaze the Cat a whole lot, but Blaze the Cat's a good character. She's I like pretty, her. I like Blaze the Cat. Uh, she was yeah. actually introduced in a 2D game called Sonic Rush, which is mm-hmm. completely irrelevant to this conversation. But it also involves, I think, time travel and like skipping sort dimensions. Of, yeah, and she's also like a princess of something that might not be rel- true anymore. Uh, yeah, that might have been a separate canon. But the point is that people liked her so much that they brought her back in this game. Yeah, and exactly, exactly. Games. Yeah, and as they should. Yes. So Blaze the Cat, like, gets the Iblis inside her and seals herself in another dimension. Is like, ha-ha, take that, Silver, I'm going to sacrifice myself. You idiot. Wait, couldn't they just go to the other dimension, release Iblis there, and then peace out? You think so, but um, apparently not. Oh. So that happens, and then Shadow, back in the present, goes and tries to seal Mephilus in a replica of the Scepter of Darkness. Uh-huh. Uh, but unfortunately, that fails. And in fact, it just kind of makes Mephilus more powerful. How? Uh, well, he also gets a hold of a Chaos Emerald. Oh. So, yeah. He summons like thousands of copies of himself. But uh, don't worry, Alex. Mm-hmm. Shadow's about to get even cooler. Oh, yeah? You know those bracelets that are on his wrist? I do. Turns out they're limiter bracelets. Oh. Oh, good. I'm glad. So he takes them off, and he's able to immediately, like, start messing up all these clones and uses that to help Rouge and Omega escape. Nice. Now, Mephilus survives all this, uh-huh. and he decides it's time to take matters into his own hands. It's been time. He's been taking matters into his own hands. But now he's going to take them even more into his hands. I see. So Sonic and Elise are walking through a nondescript field when sure. Mephilus blinds him with a bright light. He then rises up from behind Sonic and shoots him with a laser, straight up killing him. Oh, okay. Yeah, and he's like, ha, 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 this was really easy. I should have done this from the start. Yeah, I was going to say, like, people should just do things. Yeah. All this manipulation seems to just get really messy. They should just kill people and do things. Yeah, they should just just do the thing. Why bother with it? Why bother with it? I know you want to be the mastermind. Right. Sometimes... Sometimes it's better if you're the one using a knife. So Elise is overcome with sadness and cries, releasing Iblis. Mephiles is super stoked about this and absorbs Iblis, becoming Solaris once more. Right. And I uh, remember what you talked about. It's like, man, I wonder if uh, Solaris is going to be kind of mad about all the experimenting and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Well, yes. Oh. Oh, I see. So Solaris descends from the skies above Soliana. And then immediately bathes the city in a bright light, causing it to disappear and in turn, forming his own world and dimension. Somehow, everyone, including Silver, Shadow, Rouge, plays the cat somehow, <laughs> and even Elise and Dead Sonic are all transported to the same place. 
Oh. Even Eggman is here to explain that, hey, Solaris is going to destroy all of time, leaving nothing in its wake. What, what was his plan then? Solaris's or Eggman's? Eggman's. Oh, Eggman's plan was to just take over all of time. Rule over it. Right. How was he going to do that? That's a good question. I mean, he managed to build a time travel device. I guess he was going to build a, just a super time travel device with Iblis? I guess. Yeah, not really sure. Eggman, Eggman's plans are usually step one, step two, and then there's no step three. Right. Also, why did they go back to the future to seal Iblis? Shouldn't they have sealed Iblis in the past? Well, Iblis hadn't been released in the past yet. Well, release him and then seal him. Well, I mean, you could do that, but then Blaze the Cat wouldn't exist to seal him? But Silver's plan was to seal himself. But then Silver wouldn't exist, and then you would have a time loop? Uh, Would you? Maybe. Maybe? It's hard to say. It's hard to say. Maybe Silver is just like, this, the present sucks. I like destroyed buildings. Yeah, maybe. Screw you, Sonic. But, um... Yeah, not really, not really sure. Not really sure. Okay. So Solaris is about to destroy all time, and Knuckles is immediately like, well, time to punch it. But Eggman explains that it's impossible. Solaris is a transcendent life form that exists in the past, present, and future. So if you defeat it here, it won't actually stop Solaris. It exists in all slivers of time. So Silver says, whatever, I'll just destroy it in all timelines at once. Okay. Shadow actually agrees with this, but then counters. Eh, it'd be possible only if Sonic was alive. Why? I'm not really sure. How is Sonic able to do that? You know, you need the main character. You need you need our good old buddy Goku, Sonic. Right. Go, go Sonic. Go Sonic. So the good news though is at least senses his spirit, and everyone realizes the Chaos Emeralds exist in this dimension. And if they gather them all. Sonic can be revived because they are literally just a Dragon Balls now. Okay, yeah, sure. So Eggman uses an emerald tracker that's in his sunglasses. Sure. It's such a good scene. To find the location and everyone gathers them. So to do this and using the emeralds, Elise revives Sonic by saying, come back to me, come back to us, and kisses him, reviving him as Supersonic. <sighs> Alex, what's better than two Supersonics? three supersonics you better believe it (laughs) oh god yeah yeah power of love revived sonic well in emeralds yeah okay and made him super duper and now sonic is going to use his superpowers to make shadow and silver super as well okay sure couldn't shadow already do that i mean yeah but you know he wanted his good buddy sonic to be there so they all do this. They go off and fight Solaris and beat them all up and they explode in a ball of light that consumes everyone and leaves Elise and Sonic alone in a void. In this void, they come upon the flame of Solaris, the original true form of Solaris itself. And they end up in Sol... They, this transports them to Soliana, uh, basically a little bit before the Solaris project and all that. Mm-hmm. They realize if they extinguish this flame then that means Solaris will never truly exist. And then that means all this will be avoided. But this Elise also realizes that if she does this, Sonic and her will never meet. And she is not cool with this. She is very distraught. 
She tells Sonic Strip, I don't care what happens to the world. Uh, okay. But Sonic simply tells her, hey, just smile. And with that, Elise blows the flame out. And presumably kills a god, so... Okay, yeah, sure. Elise won God's zero. The game ends back at the festival. As Elise waves to the crowd, Sonic runs very quickly past her, blowing a feather out of her hair. Elise can't help but feel something very familiar. And with that, the game ends. And that's Sonic 2006. Uh, Alex, how are you feeling? Okay, so there is, I think, one thing that we need to address. Okay. Because we might as well go all in. Hmm. Um, so you remember how you were saying that, wait, how is Silver able to seal uh, Iblis? I thought that you needed royal blood to do that. Oh, no. And you, like you remember how you were like, oh, Silver just has chaos control? That's interesting. Oh, no. So I believe the implication of that being that Silver is the descendant of the union between Sonic and Elise, which I guess is just possible. I am very rapidly opening the wiki page for Silver the Hedgehog now. I, I want to know. God. Okay, I'm not seeing anything on here. Uh-huh. Which... I hope, God. I'm pretty oh, sure it true. was never canonized, but like. But I can see it. Oh my God! No, I can totally see it though, and that's awful. I hate this. <laughs> oh, this is the worst. Oh, Sonic 06 is such a mess. Why did they write it like that? Like, okay, th- a lot of the game's mess is obviously like its development problems, but like this is the thing that they wrote. They wrote this. They had yeah, to they choose did. to write this. Oh my god, I... (laughs) Everything is shaken right now. I'm shook to the core by this revelation that Silver is potentially half-human, half-hedgehog. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah, I... He's the ultimate life form. He is. Yeah, he is, alright. Oh my god, yep. Okay, well that's gonna wrestle gonna post that one on twitter later and want everyone else to experience that yeah like my, my thoughts on this on this were like man it's kind of funny that they did an ending that basically invalidates everything so yeah they really don't have to talk about it if they, they don't, don't no they don't have and, and except that silver still exists oh yeah silver still exists by the way yeah 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 he, he's gonna be back in later games like you know like actual canon games, like right. Sonic Rivals, yeah, and Sonic Forces. Oh God, I forgot Sonic Rivals. You, what even was Sonic Rivals? Um, it is a weird like. Uh, it was for the PSP. Okay, you basically like race against other Sonic characters, essentially. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Silver the Hedgehog is not going away. He's the one thing about this game that is gonna stick around, which is good because we get such lines from him, such as. I'm not Optimus Tales. I'm a realist. Sonic is dead, or whatever that line was. <laughs> right from Sonic Forces. Yeah. No, I'm an optimist, but I'm also a realist. There we go. That's what it was. It's like, mm, okay. Gotta love Sonic Forces. But yeah, it's yeah. The fact that this, this game, 
Like this game obviously has has been memory hold by Sega, but it definitely has not been memory hold by fans. In oh, fact, yeah. there's a lot of fans who I, I won't say they'll defend Sonic 2006, but they are they see the potential that the game had. Right. Because it was so like when this game was like being developed, they said they didn't want to make a Sonic Adventure three. But right. this game basically is it's like a Sonic Adventure three. Sonic Adventure three. Yeah, and I think people are intrigued by that because people really love that original Sonic Adventure, mm-hmm. myself included. Yeah. And there is a fan project that's out there that is slowly fixing this game. Oh boy, God bless. And him. it it looks impressive. I have to admit, it, I looked at I've looked at the most recent videos, and it's like. Yeah, that game that looks like a game that controls and looks fun. Mm. Not bad. It's not a game that where they just half-assedly slap the Havoc physics engine in there. Right. It won't. It wouldn't be the first time fans were able to make the game Sega fail to, or refuse to. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shout out to Sonic Mania. Absolutely. But um. But yeah, I this game was such. Such a flop, such a critical and commercial... Well, I don't know if that was actually a commercial failure. It actually might have done well for all I know. But um, it was definitely a critical failure in such a way that Sega's going to hard pivot after this. Mm-hmm. And the very next game, while it is going to have like a story to it, it's it's still going to be a much lighter experience. And that game is Sonic Unleashed. The one where Sonic becomes a werewolf. I'm sorry, werehog. <sighs> Now, while the Werehog sections are really bad, the game did actually introduce us to what is more or less what Sonic's uh, core gameplay loop is nowadays. The, mm-hmm. the boost sections, which are legitimately very impressive to look at and a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, a little on rails admittedly, but... Yeah, I, 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 have, I have my problems with Sonic's current iteration, but mm. I, I suppose I'd rather play them than 06, so... Certainly, and if nothing else, they're very pretty to look at. Because, yeah. man, Sonic moves fast in those. Sonic moves so fast. He moves fast. <laughs> but yeah, the, the story of that game is essentially Sonic trying to not be a werehog anymore after Eggman turns him into one. Yeah. And also helping a little, like, fox imp figure out who he actually is. Right. Uh, isn't he also a god of destruction or something? Uh, something like that. What, there's too many gods of destruction in there the Sonic really universe. Are. But yeah, because of that, like that game ended up being successful. And from there, these more bespoke and isolated adventures were put out instead. Right. So Sonic Sonic Colors, which is a fantastic game, ended up being the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sonic Generations, while being a love letter to Sonic in general, is also it's just its own bespoke thing. Right. Sonic Lost World. I, I could go on. And so... All throughout this, Sega seems to have shied away from the idea of making a very serious Sonic game, which is admittedly kind of for the best in some ways. Like, I do sort of right. miss that in a bit. Well, I, I really think that Sonic Adventure hit on the right sort of, like, shonen anime seriousness, mm-hmm. which is, like, it never takes itself too seriously, but it's also not afraid for, like, insane things to happen. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, whereas, like, like what they're doing nowadays, they, they seem so afraid of having that reaction nowadays that they pull back from everything. Right. Like, everything from, like... I don't, I don't know how the current comics are going, but, like, the Sonic... Like, the Archie comic, for instance, it, right right around this time is also when they kind of did a big pullback. Right. Um, 
So even like when they did spin-off series such as like Sonic Boom, mm-hmm. they're like, okay, we, this can't be too serious. Right. Well, and and so it, that's that one's weird because like the game sort of leans into something serious. It's mm-hmm. like the, the it starts off with aha Eggman is doing Eggman things and but then there's like oh there's this ancient evil warlord general guy. Mm-hmm. Yes. His name is Lyric. His name is Lyric for some reason and he's <laughs> going to become eviler. Mhm. Um yeah. Yeah. I guess the point I'm trying to get at is that Sega ended up going lighter and he yeah. ended up going more bespoke. I I feel like the one potential exception to that is sonic forces where they took like this sort of shaky half step back towards more serious and intensity that's true they dipped their toes back into it by having a story where sonic is seemingly killed but later you find out that no he was just tortured for like five years right and then like eggman takes over the world and he has this shadowy super powerful bad guy on his side uh Mm -hmm. but then you win and that guy wasn't anything yeah that guy was just a dude who got shadow powers from somewhere yeah exactly and that was kind of back to status quo so yeah they did this like yeah little half like dip your toes into the water of that and it'll be very given that was the last mainline sonic game right and the and with us supposedly supposed to be learning in the next couple months what the next Sonic game's gonna be. Yeah. I think it's called Sonic Frontiers or something like that. Maybe. I don't I don't know. I'm still not convinced it's real. Yeah, I'm not sure either. There's some leaked um well leaked promo art for right. it, I should say. I'm I'm wor- I'm somewhat worried that the remaster of Sonic Colors might have injured that game. Yeah. Just because it went so badly. It did. And it at really, this really point, did. every time something goes even a little bit wrong with Sonic, Sega is like, nope, Sonic's dead. Can't, <laughs> it can't sell in a modern video game landscape. There is no relevance to Sonic. Sonic is no longer good. Mm. Okay, I don't know if I believe that. Because if anything, because, boy, there have been so many failures. And then a couple years later, like, nah, here's a Sonic game. Right, I know. But like, I go back Let's... to after Sonic Let's... Boom. Hmm. They were like, we really need to reevaluate if Sonic is still viable and appealing in the current video game landscape. And it's like, you made oh, Sonic God, say something like that in a year on the Crytek engine for the Wii U. <laughs> what were you expecting? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that is a good point. That's yeah. a good point. But no, I, I, I agree with you that like Sega will try again, mm. but they're very skittish about it at this point. They really are. They really are. And even if they don't, like, commit heavily to, like, a video game Sonic the Hedgehog, which is kind of a weird sentence to say. Yeah. Sonic is still going strong. Like, yeah, the true. the comics are doing very well, from what I understand, uh, being written by Ian Flynn and whatnot. Mm. And, of course, there's going to be a second Sonic movie. That first movie did very well for them. Yep. Idris Elba is going to be Knuckles. I'm so excited for that. I'm so excited. I am far too excited for it, too. Uh, <laughs> I am praying for an Idris Elba rap song to be somewhere in that movie. Oh my god! And the reference Knuckles really, really bad rap song. Just please, so just to have Idris Elba cover Knuckles' theme. That would be so good. It'd oh, it'd be, so, be good. so good. Ah. Uh.
Yeah, Sonic is, the point is, Sonic ain't going away anytime soon. Yeah. It's going to exist in one form or another. And no game, be it Sonic the Hedgehog for the Game Boy Advance, Sonic 2006, God. Sonic the Hedgehog 4, Episode oh, 1 and 2, God. Sonic Lost World, mm. the Sonic Colors Remastered, Sonic Forces, I could go on. Even with all those bad games, Sonic is absolutely unkillable. But that is going to be it for us as far as talking about Sonic. Alex, do you have anything else to add before we sign off? I just want to acknowledge that the theme of Infinite has been living in my head rent-free for the past four years. Hmm, has it now? Yes. I'll have to listen to that. It's awful. It's so good. (laughs) (laughs) I I will definitely do that. I'm going to make that happen after this. Well, everybody, thank you so much for joining us today. Hope you all appreciate this deep dive into modern Sonic between the years 1999 and 2006. And uh, if you want more episodes like this, you want to listen to the first part, for instance, you should go to ftp.podbean.com or search through Falling Through Plot Holes or FTP on your podcast service of choice or YouTube. That'll be, That's about does it. Thank you so much for uh, joining us, everybody. And thank you, Alex, for doing this as always. Of course. And take care, everybody. Take care.